Welcome to the Fear to Fortitude podcast. I am your host, Coach Latavia Renee, the Fortitude Coach. Today, I have a special guest, Tim Sloan. Tim is a certified life coach and consultant and founder of the Sloan Agency based in Seattle, Washington. Tim utilizes a special somatic coaching method, which helps to empower clients to take a mind-body approach in cultivating their strengths and eliminating obstacles so that they can create a better future. He has worked with startup CEOs, founders, and executives. But if you're a human under the sound of my voice and you are making the choice to create a better future, you do not want to miss this episode. Dare to join us? I'm your host, Coach Latavia Renee, and I have a special guest here with me, Mr. Tim Sloan. I'll allow him to give a quick introduction, and then we will start. Tim? Hi, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, I'm Tim Sloan, and I'm a leadership development uh, coach and consultant uh, here in Seattle, Washington, but I work with businesses across the U.S., so I'm glad to be here. All right. Thank you. We are glad to have you. To kick it off, the first question is, what is your definition of fortitude or courage? Mm. Courage. Yeah, it's really about, um, I think it's about finding that that authenticity, like mm. in, in who you really are, and then really striving to be who you are or become who you want to become. Right. I like that. Who you are and becoming who you want to become, because we're mm. all somewhere on that journey of exactly. looking to, you know, either we we know who we are, we're trying to get somewhere to become who we want to become. Mm-hmm. What was the spark that started your journey into becoming who you are today? Hmm. I, you know, what, what, what started this journey for me was when I was, uh, I've had a very successful career. I've always mm-hmm. had career growth. And then um, in the last few years at a big company here in Seattle, I was finding myself being like, I'm not having fun. Mm. I, there was something about not feeling authentic. I didn't have that clarity then. And I hired a coach, a leadership coach. And they did to me what I do now for people, which was help raise awareness of where I was getting in my own way. A lot of extrinsic you know, I will be safe and mm-hmm. respected and career growth if I act in these ways that people, what I thought people wanted me to do. And it was like, that just didn't, didn't resonate with who I was, but yeah. I had to, I had to reset. I was practicing that for a few years. So I had to unlearn that and practice something new, which is what made me leave the corporate world and start my coaching practice. Wow. Awesome. So you are proof in the pudding of the value of coaching. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. What are the biggest obstacles that you faced in sharing your message when you started coaching? You know, it was, um, I, I, in the beginning, I was really trying to prove to people that I had the skills and talents and resources to Mm -hmm. be a coach and not spending a lot of time finding out what they needed and so that biggest obstacle was again you know kind of that practice of like oh if I if I'm can tell them who I am and they like me then they'll hire me and we'll work together and I realized soon after that that it's like no people need to know that you're understanding right kind of where they're stuck and where they're going so that obstacle to shift that from me telling to actually just being super curious about who somebody is was really uh, uh, the transition for me 
That's awesome. And curiosity is a huge part of coaching, a huge part of successful coaching. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are the business, the biggest obstacles that your um, clients that usually are drawn to you face? You know, the way that I would summarize it is um, the biggest obstacles is that people are, are in their brains a little bit too much, that they're relying on the brain to help them think through their issues and problems and come out on the other side in a different way. And, and, and so I'm a somatic coach, so I've studied neuroscience. And what a somatic coach is, is that I'm, I'm listening from somebody's brain, but also their body. What does their heart have to say? What's their gut telling them? you know, kind of like that wisdom of the body, because that's where mm-hmm. uh, we find a lot of our truths, you know, I'm not, I'm, my breath is short, or, you know, my stomach is really tight. And that's usually telling us something. Uh, and so that's the biggest obstacle is to move people from the conceptual mm-hmm. um, into kind of what I call an embodied self-awareness. Oh, I love you, that. Yeah embodied self-awareness and it's so true um that's i'm a very very sensitive person like i pick up a lot of energy a lot of emotion a lot of things from other people and that's one of the things that um i notice a lot like where i feel something in my body and i've learned that different emotions and different uh triggers and different things that show up in different areas in my body and sometimes when i don't understand an emotion that i can that i'm experiencing if i can figure out where i'm feeling it in my body i can usually identify the emotion and then i can work through that emotion so it's quite powerful practice yeah absolutely i love it i'm glad that you uh that you have that practice and it's fun to teach people i think sometimes people will look at me with some curiosity when we start that you know, part of the process, but after a while, people will actually say, oh, I notice my throat gets super tight when I really right. want to speak my truth. And then we're right. like, okay, let's practice on how to release the throat. Right. And that's really interesting to me because the thing is, is that uh, we tend to use different uh, language than other people use. And so we'll start speaking these things and they're kind of like, what are you talking about? Um, and just as a quick example, um, when I would teach a client how to meditate, a lot of them, and especially um, clients who are Christian like myself, like they would wonder, like, you know, is that okay? Is that something I should be doing? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, you meditate all the time. You're just not aware or in control. If you have a thought that you're ruminating on over and over again, you know, you're meditating on that thought. And so it's just a difference in um, perspective and sometimes a difference in language. But if you can close that gap, then they can see the path that you're it, you're offering to them. They can see yeah. the value in it, I should say. I love I love what you said. I had a client recently that said, I don't have time to do mindful uh, and you know other practices. Mm-hmm. But you know, one thing I could do is I could stop taking long showers because that's where I do a lot of my thinking. And I, <laughs> so that's great. You don't need to change that. Let's right. just bring this thinking into your shower and, right. and let something happen. So let's catch people where they are, not make people shift and do something completely different. Right. I chuckled because I do, I do a lot of thinking and meditating in the shower. Like it's just a, a calm place for me to, uh, to um, have clear thoughts <laughs> or even to, you know, really just breathe and not have a thought at all. Like it's almost, you know, I can pretend that shower water is rain. It just works for me. <laughs> Yeah. That's great. I still I still hear my dad knocking on the door going, you can turn the shower off while you're soaping up. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. What do your clients fear the most uh, when they come to you? You know, it's it's 
it it's interesting because like an answer came to my head right away because there's you know every there's such diversity. Mm-hmm. I, I really I, there's a lot of fear around if I truly show up in who I want to be. Mm-hmm. Will people like me? Will people respect me? How you know is there kind of a, a will I be safe? Kind of issue. Right. So that's that's what's really interesting. That's why that's why I do a lot of practice. So if we've been practicing for our lives on, on doing things in a certain way, then let's give ourselves a break and practice more. And so that's usually it's, it's that unknown. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where I think people get stuck a little bit. I really know this and I'm fearful if I change, what will that look like? Right. That really resonates with me. How the wisdom from your own journey impact the way that you coach and the way that you show up for your clients. <laughs> that's great. I, um, that's so funny. I am so curious about what people mean when I'm coaching. And so I always explain to people first that I'll always ask them because one of the things on my own journey, and it still happens today with more like friends or family, well, people will assume what I mean and then they'll just start talking to me as if they assume. And I'm like, please, let's just stop for a second. That's not what's going on for me or that's not my issue. Can I explain what it is? Mm-hmm. And so I really just really get grounded and I get curious. So if somebody says, you know, and I want to show up at work and better, and we find out that they need to, that they want to lose weight because they're, you know, they're embarrassed about how they show up at work. My first question is why is that important to you? Because mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it's, you know, I don't want to assume that it's obvious that it's for either like a health reason or it's just, you know, strictly this. And a lot of times I hear so many other Mm-hmm. answers that I wouldn't have had. And so I just want to offer that to people to be truly heard and be able to express themselves. That's amazing. And, and that is such a powerful question. And I'm thinking back to in the beginning when I first got coaching, because I did that too. That was one of the questions that stumped me when they, you know, asked, why is that important to you? And I'm like, isn't it important to everyone? I thought it was supposed to be, <laughs> you know, it's something yeah. that, you know, you kind of just don't ask yourself and you don't know why it is that mm-hmm. you bought into certain thoughts and practices and ideas. You just, it's like, it's always been that way. So, you know, you don't even question it, but there is power yeah. in the question. Uh, it, there's a power in the right questions. <laughs> um, what is your favorite quote about fear? I have one here that I have in my coaching agreement that mm. I put out there. It says um, it's from Richard Strozzi, who the Strozzi Institute, where I did my coaching program. Oh. Um, he says, when we are no longer afraid of who we are, we act from integrity and authenticity. And that resonates with what I was saying too. A lot of times we're just afraid of who we are because <laughs> We're showing up in a certain way for a certain reason. I love that. And I have one that's really not a quote about fear. It's something that I said during a coaching session when I first started out. And it was who I am is afraid of who I am to become. And you've already hit on it. It's that unknown part that, that you know, where the fear seeps in. You know, I knew that something big was coming and uh, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. So I knew there would be a lot required of me. And that was something that I was fearful of. Uh, so yeah, that really resonates with me. Yeah, you know, I um, just one note on that is in uh, neuroscience and the people that I've studied with Richard Strozzi, Amanda Blake, 
who wrote an amazing book, Your Body is Your Brain. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about, she, she specifically calls them the three human nutrients that we have, that we're all striving for safety, dignity, and belonging or sometimes respect and dignity are used uh, interchangeably. So when I'm, when I'm listening to someone, I'm always listening from that, that perspective. And so if we built these shapes that make us feel okay, like I belong in my friend network because I'm acting this way, but I want to change. Then I am like, Oh, this is interesting. You're, it's a belonging or a connection. Wow. That's good. Work Love that. Love that. I need to, I need to pick up that book. <laughs> you said yeah. your body is your brain. Was that the title? I need exactly. to read that. Oh, that sounds good. I need to read that. Thank you for that. In your opinion, what is the best approach to outliving the limitations of our fears? Practice, mm-hmm. choice. Uh-huh. You know, the the um, I'd say choice first. Um, and because I have, you know, I still have fears that come up too. I think what I mean by choice is never telling ourselves, like, especially around a fear, don't feel that way. That's not the right way to feel. You're never going to get get where you want to be if you have that fear. What I think that the body needs from my perspective is just to say, hate fear, you're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You were taking care of me. Sometimes as people get more understanding what that is, but just thank it and, and don't tell it to go away. And then give yourself the choice to say, I can continue living in that fear. And this is the re- and, and this is my experience of it, or I can try something new. Mm-hmm. And so especially as we get older, or maybe, you know, your group uh, of audience who might be, you know, approaching or in their 40s, we might have been practicing something for 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. So what I love to do is tell people, give yourself a break and practice something new. You know, practice speaking instead of practice speaking up at work with your CEO, practice speaking up to your husband, wife, partner, friend (laughs) and say, no, I don't want to have that for dinner (laughs) because, you know, (laughs) practice in a really safe environment and just that way. So that's that to me is is what's been really impactful for me. And I just think it's interesting that sometimes the fear is is. So like it's peeling back the onion. So sometimes I'm like, didn't I work through that? Oh gosh, I can relate. (laughs) I love that. And that is so powerful. Um, The choice, like you can, you don't have to tell it to go away. You you have a choice. Um, Wow. Yeah. Empowering. Thank you. What has been the greatest benefit in your own life to doing the things that you feared the most? Um, I'm experiencing life in the way that I didn't know. So my, my life has been, has been really good, you know, relationships, friends, family, career. But once I started identifying the fears, I'm like, wait a minute, that's keeping me from actually just being present. Yeah. Sometimes now it's just the biggest benefit is just being like, oh my gosh, like I just noticed, I, like I was, uh, I was just spending time with my my parents this weekend, and I heard them saying things, and I'm like, have they always said that to me? Because man, I'm not sure if I ever heard them say they're proud of me, but I could actually just be in it and say, oh, this is great. I get to feel it. So I think that's the biggest benefit is just experiencing life without uh, the fears. That's amazing. Uh, what are the benefits that you've observed in your clients after they've worked with you? I've seen 
and heard, uh, maybe through their storytelling, pride. Hmm. I hear people come back and go, oh, my gosh, I just said this, or I'm actually showing up in this way. And there's just this, usually a smile. I, I just, I see pride a lot, um, which makes me super happy that they're, you know, uh, being able to experience that. And even if they're still on their path, there's still right. a kind of a joy of like, I tried it at home, it worked. Right. And another thing I noticed when you say that is it sounds like they're they're celebrating the wins even along the way. They're coming back <laughs> to celebrate the wins. And that's that's a really powerful practice. Yep. What is your advice to listeners who are still afraid to step out of their comfort zone? What would be the thing that you would tell them to lure them on out into the open? You know, I would say find find the safest first step. Hmm. Uh, and, and it can only be defined and don't let anyone else tell you what you need or have to do or the should. Um, mm-hmm. Should is my trigger word because yeah. if you should be doing it, you would be doing it. And so you're just uh, as Byron Katie, who was a guru of mine for a while, who wrote a book. It's like um, she always said, every time, uh, every time you're using the word should, you're fighting with reality. Anyway, that's mm-hmm. another <laughs> another track. Um, but find that safest first step, and then but 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 and find someone that you trust to do it with. So if it's a coach, mm-hmm. and you, that might there might be uh, fear around making that change and going to coaching, then just set up an appointment with a coach and say, I just want to talk through the fact that I'm fearful of even having this first appointment. Right. <laughs> That's powerful. And that leans back on what you said before, choice. I like that because it gives that person autonomy, gives them the choice. And when you when you realize you have the choice, you realize how much power that you actually have over the situation. So that's an excellent uh, first step yeah. to be able to take. Question, who is your childhood hero? Oh, wow. It's so fascinating. And I love the first answers that that come in. I think it's my great grandfather awesome. who, you know, I got the fortune of knowing my great grandparents and my parent or grandparents. Um, he's a painter mm-hmm. and I have in my house now, I have a lot of his paintings up on, on a, a wall. He painted uh, kind of mountain scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it because he, he would bring me into his studio and teach me how to draw mm-hmm. But don't ask me to draw today. <laughs> I think the reason why, when you said hero and thinking about it, I just remember being a little kid and feeling very seen and just mm. sitting with an adult who's actually teaching me how to do something without any expectation. Um, and, and so I just, I, I love that. Uh, that being thought. seen without expectation. That's a powerful statement. What a wonderful way to make another person feel, to make them feel seen without expectation. Oh man, mm-hmm. that just... That hit me right here. I might need to write that down. Like, <laughs> I think, but especially when we're in relationship with people, we have to remember that there's two people. And mm. again, like if I think about the safety, respect, you know, belonging or connection, I'm always listening for that too. Mm. Because I'm a little bit maybe I could be further along, but I'm always like going, oh, wait, what's my, what's my expectation of this person? And can I remove that? Right. Oh, that's amazing. So, and you may have already answered this really, but who would you like to thank for the impact that they have had on your life? So many people. (laughs) 
You know, I'd actually, you know, my my husband Reagan, I'd love to to thank because of for 17 years mm. all being seen with uh, without those expectations. I love that. <laughs> super super fascinating to be able to be vulnerable, mm. be able to speak my truth, maybe show up in ways that I don't really want to, and then realizing I can maybe yeah. <laughs> do that differently. Um, but yeah, I think that I, I am who I am today after 17 years just because of, of, uh, witnessing and experiencing. Mm. Amazing. So shout out to your husband, Reagan, for being awesome Exactly. <laughs> and sharing you with us. Like, I love this. Uh, absolutely love it. So, um, any closing remarks that you would like to share with the audience? Yeah, I, you know, the, just getting to know you and your business that you're doing, it resonates so much with me. So for the listeners that are out there, I would just say, um, you know, you're, you're listening to a woman that I think has a lot to offer. And, and then, you know, uh, connecting with people like me where it's like just that intention of like, let's move, let's move through this. You have support. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you know what would life be like if you became who you want to be yeah amazing thank you so much for that and I'd have to say it right back like you are absolutely amazing the space and the energy that you've created like even just in this moment is so calming to me I usually carry a little tension right up here in my neck and just the way that you speak it's like a I don't know, a verbal massage. <laughs> so I am relaxing and just enjoying it. the moment with you. And this, this is wonderful. I love it. I'm going to add that to my list of services. Oh, yes, <laughs> verbal massages. <laughs> so Tim, where can people who would like to work with you find you? They can find me on my website at the Sloan.agency, um, which is... T-H-E-S-L-O-A-N-E, and that's a dot agency. Um, I use that term for people agency in terms of the the, uh, ability for people to find kind of their wisdom and their power inside of them for change and stuff. Love it. Our website. Awesome. All right, Tim, thank you so much for giving me your time. I say this often, you may not know, but, you know, the more that you're, (laughs) we're in the same circles, you'll hear me say, Time is one of the most important gifts that a person could ever give me because it's the one thing you just absolutely cannot get it back. If you gave me money, you could earn more. But with the time, like once you've given it, it's it's gone. So thank you so much for giving me your time and your genius and your energy that you've offered me and the audience. We are forever grateful. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. This has been great. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Fear to Fortitude podcast with yours truly, Coach Latavia Renee, the Fortitude Coach and featured guest, Tim Sloan. If you would like any more information, please visit feartofortitude.com today.